The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. How is your work life going? Business? Home? Social? How about your health? Could you make some changes? Of course you could, but how and where to start? This is Turn the Page with Hemda Mizrahi. In this program, we'll help you identify and make the changes in your life that need to be made. And by doing so, increase your potential for success. And now, here's your host, Hemda Mizrahi. Welcome to Turn the Page. I'm Hemda Mizrahi. Have you considered how some of the qualities that earn you praise may actually limit your effectiveness at work and your ability to advance in your career? For example, maybe in your younger years, your family looked to you to be the peacemaker of the household. As the chosen peacemaker, you might be uncomfortable with conflict, which causes you to avoid difficult conversations or to ignore your own needs in order to preserve harmony. At work, you might be praised for your flexibility and critiqued for your indirect communication style. At home, you may have outbursts because you've been overly accommodating on the outside and building up anger and frustration on the inside. Our guest today will share more about these types of dynamics. She'll offer strategies for getting unstuck from some of the roles that limit your development so that you can further grow into your potential. Ida Akbalin is an executive coach and licensed therapist. She collaborates with executives and entrepreneurs both to facilitate their personal and professional growth and also the development of their businesses. Ida, thanks for sharing your expertise on the show. Thank you. You bring up two really interesting points. One, it's important to look at how the roles we assumed in our childhood can limit us today and also that our behaviors at work correlate with our behaviors at home and vice versa. Glad to be here and I would like to talk more about that. Great. I'm curious about what are some of the ways that our strengths can cause us to be stuck in our careers and at home. It's very interesting, Hamda. Um, I think that uh, we become aware of our strengths as we get positive reinforcement from our parents first in our families. Uh, For example, if you're the type of person who likes to uh, help out and uh, clear the table right after a family dinner, and you do that well, and people praise you for it, and you keep on doing that, and and, uh, perhaps you even help out your siblings who are not as good as you, or perhaps they're younger than you, and they need more help, and uh, you end up in a role of um, taking care of other people and taking care of details that other people miss. And, uh, and when you end up in a work situation, this probably uh, also plays out there. And I've seen um, many times, and I recall one uh, client of mine who himself was a young person uh, in his 20s, 
Um, and uh, he uh, continually checked the work of um, the younger new hires. And uh, what happened to him was he was getting very frustrated not being able to meet his project deadlines, and he was in a technology uh, role. And uh, he said, you know, I wish they were much more independent. And when I probed, I learned that he was helping out more than he was helped out when he first started. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was suggesting to him perhaps he should uh, stay back and let them do what to figure out uh, and research um, some of the uh, issues that he was helping them with. And he said, I can't do that because I'm under a tight uh, deadlines and some of the uh, pieces of the project I have um, delegated to them. So it's uh, in my best interest to make sure that they do it well. So that meant that he did a um, good portion of it for them. So it's easier to say not do it, but we need to think about some strategies how to pull away from this so that we don't end up in the same role and not be able to finish our projects or take on more visible projects where we can advance in our careers. It's an interesting point. If a person has an experience throughout their lives where they have to rely on themselves and they're not as accustomed to engage in collaboration, then it can, for some of, for some of us, we may repeat that cycle and not offer support to the people who are reporting to us. And then, so it's interesting to hear another type of scenario whereby we oftentimes try to offer to others what we would like for others to offer to us. It makes perfect sense, Hamda. And uh, I think that may, that might have been one of the things that was operating here. Um, I had to, you know, sit down with him because this was a real dilemma and he wanted to advance in his career uh, to a um, more uh, senior role, how to pull back. And one of the strategies um, we came up with is to give some time for the person who's coming and asking you for answers to figure it out for themselves. Maybe not the whole day, but give them two to three hours to research. And when they come back to you, you can give them feedback whether enough research was done on this and go back and do some more research. So this way, it would not jeopardize his project at the same time, put the responsibility on the um, more recent hire and uh, to help them learn how to fend for themselves, just like he did. Mm -hmm. Uh, So this was helpful. And it's interesting because that's a common growth area for managers, right? When we work on leadership development programs and we work with people who are performing well and then they wind up in manager roles and have a hard time. And this is many people, not just in a manager role, and many people have a hard time giving to others tasks that they think they might do better. Yeah, delegation is an issue in for everyone, including small business owners. And uh, I work with small business owners where they had to wear many hats to um, grow their business. However, once the business grew to a certain point, uh, they needed to hire extra people and sometimes in critical roles that replaced their um, role, which was their strength, and it was difficult for them to give up that particular role that they enjoyed and they were good at. However, um, it didn't allow them to do more business development and to be in front of their clients. They were too involved with the operations. And so delegation is really an art. Um, whether it's as a small business owner or a 
senior executive in a large firm. Mm-hmm. So some tips that it sounds like you're offering around that is in this scenario that you described with your client, it was in a sense offering himself as a support and then at the same time allowing them a little bit more independence in being able to address some of their own questions rather That's than right. him immediately taking charge. That's right. Uh, that was um, uh, that worked very well, in fact. And he did get promoted. So I met him a year later, um, and he said, "I'm a vice president now." And I said, "I'm very happy that things have worked out for you." Um, there's other issues in delegation besides making people uh, feel much more independent. Uh, when you're delegating, you have to think through. what pieces that the person can do, their um, strengths and their weaknesses, as well as some things that you do instinctively as a business owner, you need to document them and to communicate to the people that you just hired. And uh, if you are inconsistent with your decisions, um, for example, um, charge less money for a customer who is irate and uh, charge... um, uh, you know, regular rates for other customers, your staff sees this as, uh, well, he's the decision maker. I cannot participate in this decision. And just to make uh, the customer happy, you are taking some steps. However, it would be a great idea to talk through why you did that and put some parameters around it so that your staff can also be empowered to make decisions with customers. Mm-hmm. And I had one situation with a small business owner who did that. And when he was hiring a person who was going to face off um, his clients, it was important to change the way he operated and uh, documenting the process and the procedures so he can enable his staff to do it as well. Mm-hmm. The first thing that pops into my mind as I'm listening to this is someone saying to you, this requires so much time. It's quicker for me to do it myself. It's funny. I just had that conversation with someone this morning that I was coaching, and uh, he likes to expedite things, and his success is based on expediting things. Now he's a manager, and he needs to develop his people. Uh, so he's forced to uh, think about uh, how to structure the work in order to um, – as he calls, uh, develop future leaders, but he's going to be judged on that too. Um, When you're a business owner, you don't have a senior management telling you you have to develop leaders. I'm going to evaluate your performance on that. But uh, your bank account sort of tells you that if you haven't developed enough um, business because you are not delegating and it's out of necessity, you have to take a look at that. Mm. So it seems that the lens really is about as a manager, you're not really looking at yourself as an indi- individual contributor, although if someone is accustomed to being an in- individual contributor for quite some time, that mode sometimes becomes ingrained, and you really have to wear a different hat. You have to look at what's required of you in a new way. Absolutely, and it, it's not an easy transition, but it's a transition that happens over time. Uh, I've suggested to my clients to uh, try new behaviors, perhaps with their friends or at home, and uh, in a low-risk situations, although sometimes that may not be a low-risk situation at home. However, you need to practice uh, whether it's delegating, 
whether it's uh, something that you brought up earlier in the beginning of the show, which is to uh, express yourself, confront others. I have seen and I have one person that I'm working with um, who is avoiding managerial or leadership roles because he does not like to confront. He likes to be the nice guy, the peacemaker. And, um, and sometimes he can, he says he could be temperamental because he's holding it in. So we are sitting down and thinking about how he can express himself in um, small bites uh, so that he doesn't feel like he has to, um, he has to face the challenge of going along with whatever everyone is saying and uh, not be able to direct and lead people because he doesn't want to give negative feedback. And uh, so this is common. Mm-hmm. And I'm hearing the guidance around this that seems to have worked well for, the, for your clients is, first of all, the mindfulness, which is a term that's used a lot more now in business contexts, is being aware that you have to look at your work in a contextual way and that something that may have been working well for you before may, not, no, may no longer be aligned really with what's expected of you right now. Even if your role hasn't changed, the environment may be changed and something different is required of you. So you need to be aware of how well your behaviors align with what success means in your role. Absolutely. And uh, we are part of a puzzle and uh, we're part of a system and the roles we take on might have worked for us some time ago but it may not work for us at this moment. Mm -hmm. And the second strategy I'm hearing around that is small steps, given that the change process can be very difficult. And I think we can, most of us, if not everyone, can relate to this just from childhood, knowing how our relationships change with our caregivers, our parents, our guardians, um, whomever was in our lives over time, if we were out of the house, right, those relationships change, relationships with close friends change, relationships in a marriage change, and you have all these adjustment pains as a result of it. Absolutely. Um, and uh, to be able to make those changes, we do not have to tackle everything all at once. And in small doses, we can make those changes to be more effective in what we do. Um, so I always say to my clients, we're, all of us are in the same boat. Just because uh, we're in the coaching business, uh, as you know, Hamda, um, we're not exempt from, uh, from all these uh, changes that we have to um, put in place. One of the things that I had to deal with when I was working at a large competitive organization many years ago is how to showcase my abilities. Uh, it didn't really bother me to be modest about what I did, but it bothered my boss. And he said, she said to me that you do not have the style uh, of the company. You need to be much more boastful and, uh, and promote yourself uh, better in the company for promotions. So she even went ahead and put this in my performance appraisal that I had to be much more boastful. So that has been a challenge for a number of years. And, uh, and I had to be mindful that um, in order to be uh, seen and heard uh, in my profession that I needed to take steps to um, promote myself. Mm. And I would guess that a lot of, 
us can relate to that. Yeah, many people can. Mm-hmm. And what would you say for yourself as a strategy that you used that was helpful? You're on a, you're on a radio show today, so <laughs> obviously you're open to the self-promotion piece and sharing piece with people. So is there one strategy that you might share that could be helpful for those who have a similar situation? One thing is to um, put it on your calendar on a daily basis to do something towards um, if you are criticized for not promoting yourself or you feel like you're not visible in the organization or in your community, do something towards that whether it is to talk to someone about what you've accomplished, which I did on a regular basis to my boss. And, uh, and I usually pick something that uh, would make made her happy. And it wasn't necessarily my counseling or consulting ability. Uh, it was um, how I tidied up my office and all the files are in, um, uh, in good order. And because that really mattered to her. And uh, so... And the second thing is uh, you want to perhaps be on panels and uh, radio shows such as this to uh, be visible to to your audience. Fabulous. I'd love to actually come back to this. We're going to go to a brief commercial. When we return, Ida will talk about ways you can get unstuck, more ways, from the strengths that bind you in order to further engage your potential. Stay with us. Imagine you hired a designer to redo your kitchen. Working with an expert to meet your needs was such a high. You're enjoying the new feature so much that you're waking up early to write the book that's been in your head for five years. The raised Caesar stone countertop and cushioned back stool are your writer's desk. With this comes the realization that all of the rooms in your home need to be redone to match the level of your kitchen. This scenario demonstrates my approach to executive and lifestyle coaching. It involves understanding what compatibility means to you at different times in relationships, career, nutrition, and other quality of life areas. It's also about elevating your game personally and professionally. Given my multidisciplinary expertise, we can address a range of needs that are critical to your fulfillment and success. I'm Hemda Mizrahi, Managing Director of Life and Career Choices, a global executive coaching and concierge practice. Learn more about my services and contact me through lifeandcareerchoices.com. You are listening to Turn the Page with Hemda Mizrahi. Got a question or comment for the show today? Please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to hosthemda at gmail.com. Now, back to Turn the Page. We're back. I'm Hemda Mizrahi, joined by executive coach, business consultant, and licensed therapist Ida Akbalin. We talked about how some of the strengths and the roles you assumed in your childhood may limit both your personal and career development. We started to talk also about common scenarios that many of us are in, which we need to get unstuck from in order to really further engage our potential. And we talked 
about delegation was one. And I'd love to hear, Ida, we, we started to talk a little bit about promotion, some additional ideas that you have around promotion and other areas that you see are common areas that many individuals need to get unstuck from. Okay. Um, let me revisit also um, delegation and then we'll get into promotion because these are two subject matters that came up. And uh, earlier we were talking about people taking on too much responsibility and not delegating. But I do have an example of a senior executive that I work with who, did, uh, who was a hands-off uh, manager. Uh, being very senior, he felt that uh, his um, direct reports or vice presidents in a financial services firm uh, should be able to prioritize their work and, uh, and get back to him on projects. Of course, uh, he did not hear back on some of the projects uh, that he wanted to know more about, and he equated uh, this experience as playing tennis where you hit the ball and the ball rarely comes back, and he doesn't mm-hmm. really know what's going on. And um, it was obvious that even at senior levels, people need guidance. They need to be held accountable. And uh, it has to be communicated with timelines and follow up what is uh, the status of the projects. And it's something that was really foreign to him. He was um, proud to be a strategic thinker and a creative thinker. And uh, all these things were kind of um, uh, background noise that did not interest him. And he wanted to be in the role of someone who was uh, coming up with uh, creative ideas. However, uh, with all the creative ideas that he can come up with, if they're not implemented, he's not going to realize um, the fruits of his labor, uh, the idea generation, and also not be seen as someone who's producing results mm-hmm. if he cannot execute on those ideas. So um, a simple task of just follow-up and giving deadlines, and this is something that... Um, Many of us uh, do well, and some of us don't do so well. And this is something uh, that I recommend to a lot of my uh, clients who are in project management, for example, um, to make sure that you give yourself enough time to um, gather all, all progress uh, of your project so that you're not... Um, uh, racing against uh, time and uh, giving deadlines to your um, uh, staff uh, can help you to be much more organized and uh, be on top of things. Mm-hmm. And that can also tie to having the time to promote yourself. Uh, in order to promote yourself, you cannot be in the weeds constantly and not have the opportunity to talk to senior management. Uh, not have the opportunity to be involved in, um, for example, things uh, like recruitment of um, uh, high potential hires that uh, companies uh, uh, want some of their high potential, um, their current high potential employees to be involved in. Mm -hmm. And Ida, just to capture some of the many important points that you just made, in the scenario that you described with this manager who was very much drawn to the creative and strategic aspects of his work, it sounds like in his situation, you could perceive his strengths, of course, as being creative and strategic and also someone granting autonomy Mm -hmm. to his team. And then at the same time, 
it seems as though the things that we're most drawn to, sometimes we value them the most. And we don't necessarily yes. consider other aspects of the role that seem less attractive to us as important. Yes. And so you're pointing out that an important part of his role, based on the feedback that he received, is that he actually needed to exercise more of those organizational muscles and offer Absolutely. some offer structure, offer guidance. So to be a little bit more hands-on Absolutely. as a directive person, which was different maybe than what his preference was. Absolutely. And uh, he was valued more and he valued himself more as a result because he could see uh, his ideas being implemented. Mm-hmm. Right. So maybe that coming back to our initial thoughts here, that sometimes the strengths that people see in you in your earlier years become qualities that you may over rely on at the expense of also investing in other traits that are important. Absolutely. And uh, not only we may halt our development in other areas, but I often hear complaints about being stuck in the same role. And uh, uh, why do I have to be the one who is always cleaning up after people? Why do I have to be the only one uh, who is um, uh, doing whatever that role that you are stuck in, be the peacemaker? Uh, And as Human beings, we all want to develop and grow, uh, although growth is sometimes painful and you have to try, sometimes fail, try again, and until you get it right. Uh, but uh, it's a necessary evil. Mm-hmm. And you tied that also to someone experiencing actually better results in their job, right? That in a sense, there was more measurability too to his achievement when he was able to provide more structure to the team about what the expectations were and people were able to work better as well. Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, a lot of times we would like to change the other others that we deal with to make our lives easier. And uh, whether they will pitch in to help or they respond without us prompting them, um, but we need to take a look at ourselves and say, what can I change about myself to make life better in the long run for myself? Mm-hmm. So in essence, it's about taking a look at the changing roles that we assume in our lives and how we really need to grow into those roles in ways that are different than what we've been doing. Absolutely. And one step at a time, maybe half a step sometimes. Mm-hmm. And you pointed out the connection also between making these types of changes, really having a more more of a structured system in place in your life and how that can also free up time for things that are important. And in this specific case that you brought up, bringing up more time for promotion. Yeah, this comes up a lot in my conversations with my clients. Um, When I tell them, do you network? And they say, I have no time to network. I'm very busy. Uh, I work very late, and uh, I'm lucky if I see my family. So if you're a business owner or a senior executive or a junior executive, you have to have the time to uh, be known in your field and in your industry if you are constantly in your office and only interact with uh, X number of people you're not going to do yourself a service uh, in growing your business or um, 
expanding your potential. It's not just about getting a promotion, but uh, promotions and taking on more responsibility also helps you to develop your skills and develop yourself, and you're not going to give yourself that opportunity. Mm. And it brings to mind a, a saying that where, wherever you put your attention is what grows in your life. And this is true, right? If you're seeing areas of your life that maybe you're not so drawn to, and at the same time they're necessary, and when you start to do them and grease the wheels, you might start to enjoy it, and you see the results and you can feel good about it. That's right. If you build competence around something, uh, I was sharing this with a client of mine who does not like to um, confront people. Uh, and uh, I said to him that none, none of this comes naturally to everyone. Some people are better at it than others. And for me, when I started my profession a long time ago uh, in graduate school and training, by nature, I'm a problem solver. And that's why I like to work with executives and uh, business owners, um, high achievers, to help them solve problems because they themselves are problem solvers. And this one particular person I was talking to was a tech, is a technology person, and they tend to be problem solvers. And uh, I said, I was told in graduate school, before you ever get to solve a problem, try to listen, and it's really important for the person to really debrief with you how they're feeling, what's going on with them, and uh, he was laughing and smiling because he had just gone through a program where they uh, were stressing group process over problem solving. And uh, so in our next meeting, we're going to talk about how to be mindful of the um, interactions you have around people rather than delve into the problem. And uh, this particular individual also was the one who did not want to manage people because he couldn't confront. And uh, so our next task is how to confront people and give them feedback so that you can get to the point of what you want to do with the team. Mm -hmm. So it sounds like some steps around this process of change has to do with first isolating exactly what it is that you need to adjust or change. Absolutely. And self-awareness is the key. It's like the number one thing that you need to do is become self-aware. It's easier to um, point out uh, deficiencies in others, but uh, it's harder to look at ourselves. And it's not a deficiency, but it's an area, an opportunity for growth. And once we have that awareness, then we have more control over what we can do and have the power to uh, change the outcomes uh, by changing our behavior. Mm. It sounds like self-awareness in many cases is really a revelation, meaning that it can be striking to a person if someone recognizes certain strengths in you and those are the strengths that you rely on heavily in your life and your roles. And in our complex world now, we're required to be very well-rounded in the workplace and in our home lives as well. And so you reach a point where those strengths don't make the, the package complete and you're getting feedback that you need to do more. And so it can take time for you to actually value the, the part that everyone's telling you is really important for you to work on. It's true. And speaking of feedback, um, it's not easy to get feedback. 
people sugarcoat things or they don't know how to give feedback. They don't put it into context. And uh, so whenever you get that chance to have an honest uh, conversation with someone and who is um, supportive yet uh, candid with you in giving feedback, it's worthwhile listening to. And I think that's uh, what coaching is all about because a coach is someone that you hired who's um, behind you and who's watching out for your uh, best interest and having an honest conversation and how you fit into the puzzle uh, is valuable. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking about the whole idea of change and how sometimes we might, on a conscious level, say, we know we need to make these changes, but at this stage in my life, I don't know if I really want to do this. Absolutely. Uh, in fact, people read self-help books, like one of my clients this morning said, and I said, it's harder to put into practice, isn't it? He said, yes, uh, in a consistent way. And uh, he also said, I'm not sure if those um, uh, principles that uh, they uh, write about to get organized really work. I said, you know, it's, it's a good idea to practice them, but let's talk about what would work for you. Mm-hmm. Right, so you, you want to make it specific because we know from a coaching perspective, we look at a person's readiness to change. We look at their confidence in making a change. We also take a look at what are the areas that are priorities for them to change realistically. What can they change in the next month, the next three months, the next six months? Absolutely. Uh, taking small steps is key, and I think we had uh, talked about that before. And um, one of the things that um, uh, my client will do uh, in organizing himself, which was the the topic, is to um, every week to sit down and make a list of priorities uh, and to take a look at them because every day was too time consuming. So doing it once a week would be a better idea and he would feel more in control of what's going on in his life, whether it's work or uh, home-related. Most people have families and a demanding work schedule and making uh, a list of priorities and then taking a look at what should I do first and what should I do second. And maybe there are three things on that list you do not have to attend to right now and you can put that in the back burner. Mm-hmm. So that helps to simplify the process and also to create some order in your mind. That's right, because uh, it can be overwhelming to make a wholesale change. If you can make a small change, that's just as effective. Mm. So we're starting now to share some strategies for effective transitions. We're going to go to a quick commercial while you think more about how these might apply well in your own life. When we come back, we'll provide additional strategies to successfully change the roles that are limiting you today and identify the right opportunities to develop yourself. We'll be right back.
Today, enterprise technology is both strategic and global. Each week on CIO Talk Radio, IT thought leaders from around the world share their experiences with listeners as they discuss with Sunjog All how they are trimming costs and partnering with business to innovate and help IT become more competitive. This means better care for customers and improves the corporate bottom line. If you want to keep up with IT thought leadership, listen to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjog All every Wednesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel, the bottom line in business talk. Imagine you hired a designer to redo your kitchen. Working with an expert to meet your needs was such a high. You're enjoying the new feature so much that you're waking up early to write the book that's been in your head for five years. The raised Caesar stone countertop and cushioned back stool are your writer's desk. With this comes the realization that all of the rooms in your home need to be redone to match the level of your kitchen. This scenario demonstrates my approach to executive and lifestyle coaching. It involves understanding what compatibility means to you at different times in relationships, career, nutrition, and other quality of life areas. It's also about elevating your game personally and professionally. Given my multidisciplinary expertise, we can address a range of needs that are critical to your fulfillment and success. I'm Hemda Mizrahi, Managing Director of Life and Career Choices, a global executive coaching and concierge practice. Learn more about my services and contact me through lifeandcareerchoices.com. Are you a business leader or executive that wants to achieve more? Not just in it for profit, but to do work you find meaningful that adds more value to more people in more ways. Listen for the Business Elevation Show with host Chris Cooper. You'll hear from successful achievers from around the world with the passion and experience to offer invaluable guidance. The Business Elevation Show can be heard live on Fridays at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time, usually 4 p.m. U.K., on the Voice America Business Channel. Be more. Achieve more. You are listening to Turn the Page with Hemda Mizrahi. Got a question or comment for the show today? Please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to hosthemda at gmail.com. Now, back to Turn the Page. Welcome back. I'm Hemda Mizrahi, speaking with executive coach, business consultant, and therapist, Ida Akbalin. We talked about how some of the roles and strengths you're praised for can limit your growth and also pigeonhole you, both at work and at home. And Ida shared some very common scenarios that she works on with her clients around transition And some of those were, as a manager, for those who are more strategic and conceptual, that it can oftentimes be critical to offer more structure and direction to your teams, also to delegate, deal with conflict effectively. We talked a little bit also about promotion, and Ida offered a couple of ideas that she implemented in her own career development, which is being very strategic about your promotion efforts. And in Ida's case, she really looked at what her manager valued and focused her work, her accomplishments a lot on what her manager valued and was thus recognized. 
Also looking at public forums, even outside of your current job or inside your current job for you to get exposure. We talked also about the process of change and Ida, I'd love for us to summarize that and maybe if you could share an example of a client you worked with around the change process. Okay. Um, the change process starts with self-awareness, as we were saying, and getting good feedback, uh, whether it is uh, from your colleagues, friends, uh, boss, uh, we call it 360 usually, and working with your coach, or if you don't have a coach, um, just to think it through what the feedback is about. And uh, usually it's a strength that you overused, And uh, you need to develop another side of you. Uh, so that awareness helps you to figure out how do I fit into the puzzle? Because we're not alone. We, we're, we're working in teams. Uh, we're in families with other family members, unless you live on your own. Uh, but you have some kind of a community that you're part of. And what role do you continually Play. Are you the quiet one or are you taking leadership continually and maybe not giving other people the opportunity to do that? Uh, are you overwhelming yourself with too much responsibility and not delegating? Um, that's also an example of it. And uh, learning about your own impact and having some control over that is the second step. And the third is making a small change because it's very overwhelming to try to make a wholesale change. And uh, Hemda, you asked about uh, one example that I can give. And the current example I can give you is I'm working with someone um, uh, who felt uncomfortable speaking up in a group um, in a meeting. And usually meetings are over the phone, lots of people are talking, and he tends to be on the uh, quieter side, and he doesn't like to um, uh, jump in and say something where he doesn't have uh, a clear idea what he's saying, whereas everyone is chattering away and uh, offering solutions and ideas, may or may not work, but at least they're recognized as trying. So I asked him, let's see what we could do. What are you praised for? He said, well, I'm very good at, at the end of the day, um, figuring out what the root cause of something is. And uh, I listen to everyone's ideas and I can pinpoint what's, uh, what the problem is. And uh, based on that, I suggested to him, instead of offering ideas too early on in conversations and meetings, would it be possible for him to jump in and summarize what other people said because his strength is to be able to sort of integrate all the different ideas and pinpoint what may be the uh, problem or the solution? He said he was going to try that, and we gave him a month to do it. So when I spoke with him uh, this morning, and I said, how's it going? And he says, it, it says, it's going really well. I was able to jump in. I asked him, how does he know it went well? Because we mm -hmm. have to really know something went well. Mm -hmm. He says, I am, I'm being invited to be on more projects. I am being called upon to give more ideas. And so I have become more visible. So I said, now we're going to have a different dilemma. 
You're going to be very busy. <laughs> he's bringing more work on himself. Right. But he was happy at this point that he's able to uh, be visible. And that sort of connects to some of the conversation we had about self-promotion and being visible in your community, in your organization. Mm-hmm. So when it gets to the point of uh, too many projects and too much involvement, we'll go into the um, subject matter of how to say no tactfully. <laughs> It creates a new dilemma. Yes. It solves one dilemma. So these are very interesting tactics that you're talking about. And it sounds like when we're in situations that are requiring dramatic, sometimes changes in behavior and sometimes quick changes, one strategy you're pointing out is to really do an inventory of your strengths. So while strengths can be limiting, they can also be our salvation. Mm -hmm. And in this particular situation, you identified a strength, the strength of summarizing that actually helped this individual to convey more of a solid voice in these meetings. Absolutely. Um, if you feel uncomfortable um, throwing out ideas without thinking them through, and many people do have that uh, dilemma, then alternative, we have to come up with alternatives uh, for your voice to be heard. And it seems that that's also a very positive one. And I know when I was also involved with leadership development programs, that was a very common issue that came up around leadership presence and in particular speaking up at meetings. Yes, yes. Um, And I want to also uh, go back to uh, self-promotion. It's not just to promote yourself, but it's... um, to be able to contribute to your organization and to your community so they know who they can depend on and who they can uh, tap into. Uh, some people are very good at um, giving, uh, giving lectures or talking about a subject matter, and when they really get into it, they have no problem being in front of an audience and talking about what they know. Uh, ordinarily, they may be quiet people, and uh, they don't like to mingle in um, cocktail parties. But once they know about a subject matter, you can't shut them up. Mm-hmm. So those people should think about perhaps being on a panel where they talk about a subject matter they know very well and uh, gain visibility without holding a, a cocktail and trying to do small talk because that's not something that they like doing. Mm-hmm. And for others, um, it may be uh, going to a lot of um, uh, industry meetings and taking a course and getting to know the person sitting right next, next to them. And in a lot of organizations, um, there's... Um, internal uh, to the organization, there are networking groups to become part of, so you can get to know other people in the organizations. Small business owners and, um, and senior executives, uh, they have to do this to survive. If you want clients and if you want uh, to increase your customer base, uh, you need to be able to go out there and uh, meet, um, meet people and become part of industry um, and uh, organizations so that you can uh, let them know that your service and your company exists. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's so much internet can do on, um, uh, with your website, but nothing beats uh, that uh, personal touch. Mm. And it's a very interesting perspective that you're bringing up because we started out talking about 
how our strengths can be limiting and sometimes we need to develop new strengths. And in, you're pointing out that it's not necessarily starting from scratch. What you need to do if you have a dilemma or, or problem or strengths you need, to, you need to develop is reach into the strengths that you currently have to create a bridge. Absolutely. And you have to, one of the things that uh, I like doing is get, becoming creative in uh, solving your problem. And uh, there's always a way. We just haven't uh, explored it if you didn't come up with uh, the answer right away. And giving yourself the opportunity to figure out that solution or discussing it with someone, whether it's a coach or a friend that you trust or a colleague, um, is a good idea. We do not have to emulate others uh, and do exactly what they do. It may not work for you. It's always a good idea to observe others and uh, see how others deal with things. Uh, certainly, I do that. And uh, sitting in meetings, I look at people who are more effective in getting their points across, and I observe how they talk. And uh, especially beginning in my career, I did that a lot. And uh, then developed my own style of how to do that. So we have to get creative. And we can. it's much better to try something and uh, fail at it at first then say that this is not for me and walk away from it. Mm -hmm. And that's an interesting point also about failing because that's not something necessarily that many people have learned to accept <laughs> as a positive. And um, I was talking to um, an engineer this morning and I said, uh, are you good under pressure? And uh, he said, yes. Uh, I said, um, uh, I said, you, you must be pretty good at what you do. And he said, yeah, but, uh, you know, in engineering, you keep on trying things, it fails, you try and it fails, and then you finally get it. And I thought it was a good metaphor for uh, transitioning into another role or trying another role. You don't have to succeed in the first try, and you can give yourself another opportunity and see if you can do it a little bit differently to, um, to accomplish uh, your change. And it will free you up from the roles that you have been in over and over again. Because some point in our lives, uh, we want to grow and develop into other roles. And uh, I think many actors complain about being pigeonholed or stereotyped into a role. They would like to try something else. Mm -hmm. And I would equate it to basically um, uh, an actor wanting to expand their repertoire of uh, roles. A couple of points which is wonderful that I'm seeing these great solutions because sometimes when people are faced with a situation where they feel stuck, it can be easy to shut down. Yes. And not realize actually that you have the resources to solve the problem. As you're saying, you have a belief that the solution is there. You need to step back and that the fact that you need to, ex to execute other strengths actually doesn't mean that you don't have strengths, that there may be strengths that you have never used that exist. It's just like using your iPhone or any other piece of technology. There's so much capability in those phones that we just don't use. It's true, and this is a feedback that I get from uh, uh, my clients who have uh, attended training programs where they're they were asked to lead a group and they had never done that before. They said, I'm not so bad at it. I was actually pretty good. 
Um, and I asked them what made them feel good about what they did and what made them successful, what kind of feedback they got, and what were the circumstances. So um, it really is a liberating uh, feeling when you have tried something and uh, finally got it and you got good feedback and it encourages you to do more of it. Mm -hmm. And it seems also what you're describing is the opportunity for a more proactive development, meaning that it doesn't have to be a situation where you're in a role where you're getting feedback that you need to adjust something. You need to proportion your strengths a little bit better. So you're not just focusing on strategy, you're focusing on structure and direction of the team. That in those situations, you can also say to yourself proactively, what does success mean for me related to my goals? If I want to achieve my goals, what do I need to strengthen or develop? And you could ask for opportunities to really try to engage those new strengths you're trying to develop. Absolutely. If you do not put yourself into different situations, you're not going to have the opportunity to exercise your strengths as well as uh, expand your um, repertoire and develop new uh, strengths. Uh, so it's critical that don't stay in one place. Uh, try to, whether it's uh, doing a community event uh, and try your leadership skills there or your speaking uh, ability at a, a local uh, organization, or um, try to organize uh, a picnic uh, being structured or delegating more at home and not taking on too much responsibility but making sure that everyone is pitching in and um, uh, doing their work uh, is, is really, really important that you continue to um, push yourself to uh, try something a little different. Mm-hmm. So wonderful insights about these common change scenarios and also a process for change that makes it really doable for everyone. Yes, doable tasks is the key. Mm -hmm. Breaking it down practically. Yes, breaking it down practically and giving yourself um, the credit that you were able to break it down and try something even a little towards your goal. Mm -hmm. And how uplifting it is also to be more of who you are. Yes, uh, and I think that's the main benefit of all this is being who you are and that you're not pigeonholed and that you're not playing the same role over and over again, that you're a complete human being with um, uh, diverse capabilities and ability to survive under different conditions and demonstrating that to yourself and being resourceful. And you're right, Hamda. At the end of the day, it's being yourself. Thank you, Ida. Thank you, Hamda. If you'd like to learn more about Ida's organizational development consulting services and coaching for both executives and entrepreneurs, please contact her at AA, that's for Ida Akbalin, at lifeworksolutionsllc.com. And I'm going to spell that out. AA for Ida Akbilin at L-I-F-E-W-O-R-K-S-O-L-U-T-I-O-N-S-L-L-C dot com. 
As always, I invite you to be a part of our communication loop by following me on Twitter at Hemdamizrahi and liking us on Facebook at Turn the Page Radio. Until next week, remember to make the grass greener where you are. I'm Hemda Mizrahi with Turn the Page. Thank you for tuning in to our program. Turn the Page can be heard live every Friday at 6 a.m. Pacific Time, 9 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Until next week's show, enjoy your weekend and make one change in your life before then. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.